Welcome to We Like That Podcast. Because we like that. Welcome black. Welcome black? Exactly. Welcome black. Okay. To another episode of Black Like That. Okay. I'm Cleveland Howard Hill. Yeah. I really got to come up with an actual theme music. This is depressing as hell. Anywho, this is the this is the game show where we ask Javon ten questions so she can keep her black card for another I don't know week I guess. Mm-hmm. Or she doesn't get fifty percent. She has to go stand outside in the backyard and just be with her thoughts. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Whatever she does, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Debate why she can't ever get her card for another week. Why she can't ever card for another week? I guess I don't know. Okay. Anywho. First question, you ready? Mm-hmm. Here it is. And what movie is this saying in? Kiss the Converse. Kiss my Converse or yeah. Kiss the Converse? Kiss my Converse. Last Dragon. Correct. Like I said, the first question is always easy. Mm-hmm. Ready for question two? Ready for question two. Dun dun dun. Question two. What is the name of Fred Sanford's deceased wife? Elizabeth. Correct. She is two for two. Just like somebody's been studying black trivia, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Somebody's been doing homework. Question three. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? Yeah. She has on glasses. So she looks really, really smart and Mm -hmm. educated. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Question three. What type of restaurant did Martin and the gang start? A. I'm going to give you uh, choices. A. Okay. Chicken and waffles. Okay. B. Random spoons. <laughs> C. Pizza parlor. D. Meatloaf and waffles. Meatloaf and waffles. Because Cole wanted them to do random spoons. <laughs> and they said no. And then MC Hammer comes at the end. Tell I'm a woman business. <laughs> random spoons and Martin was like (laughs) (laughs) he wanted to fight Cole and everybody there you are four for four okay no three for three three three, three for three yeah I'm sorry three for three Mm -hmm. judges three for three right okay thank you if you don't know the judge is sleeping right now so she's no help the judge is a dog yeah they don't need to know everything (laughs) we can keep some type of suspense on my on my uh game show. You know, forget it. Whatever. Question number four. Yeah. The actress played the voice of Riley and Free Freeman on the Boondocks. Uh Regina King? Regina King? Correct. Nice. She played both the voices of Huey and Riley Freeman yes. in Boondocks. I remember because all of us were like, What? Four for four. We first found out about it. She is very multi talented. Multi talented. Yes, she is. Are you ready? Yes. For your fourth question. Yeah. I'm sorry. Fifth question. Yeah, your fifth question. Yeah. This one mm-hmm. will keep, let you keep your black card for another week. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. The plot thickens. Mm-hmm. Saw it somewhere. I don't know. Heard, heard like it. Gunfire. I know. Heard another game show. <laughs> like, 
this is why I need a I, I need a board. Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. Anywho, whatever. Low budget here at Black Like That. Question five. Mm-hmm. Which pastor said he needed sixty five million for a jet to spread the love of Jesus? Triple dollar. Correct. Hell, Jesus didn't need sixty five million to spread the love of Jesus. <laughs> the hell? Kind of religion is this? Correct. Well, that's the end of our game show, Javon. <laughs> she got five right. So, I know this is a ghetto game show, people. So, we're not going to do 10 if she doesn't need 10. So, we'll see you next time. Or, let's do you want five more questions? Do you want five more? It's up to you. Do the people want five more? Okay, the people want five more. Okay. Okay. You know what? Maybe let you keep it for two weeks after this. Okay. You get the next five right. I'm just saying. Okay. Question number six. Okay. According to Mama, a hit dog will do what? Is it run, bite, dance, or holler? Holler. Javon never heard that saying because her mom's probably said something else about pineapple fields. I don't know. What? I don't know. I don't Did I get it wrong? You got it right. I'm confused. Yeah, you're right. Then your mom made you like Put your knees on rice and all something like that. Yeah, that is some like Vietnamese War <laughs> type punishment. Well, I mean, my Whatever. she learned it from my grandfather who was in World War Two. So yeah, he was in a Japanese internment camp. Well, I actually might have survived those. My mom did was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Anywho, back to the game show. Mm-hmm. Moving right along. Question seven. Mm-hmm. This rapper is famous for teaching us how to bounce right to left. And let our shoulder lean. Is it Shorty Low, Bow Wow, Young Dro, or Jay-Z? Young Dro? Correct. You probably don't know that because I just played a song a lot. You did. And that's when I had Knock in the Trunk. <laughs> knock. That's what I had. Doom, 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 I had a lot of bass in my car back in the day. Question number eight. Mm-hmm. According to Mama again, mm-hmm. if you can't use this, if you can't use the same comb, then what? Blank. Finish that statement. If you can't use the same comb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you, A, don't use their polo. B, don't stay the night. C, don't touch their hair. Or D, don't bring them home. Don't bring them home. Don't bring them home is correct. Now, if I didn't give her choices, I don't think she'd ever got that. Correct. You know what? We're not going to get choices anymore. <laughs> you have to give choices if there's choices on there. We're not going to. This is my game show. I set the rules. Isn't that right, judges? <laughs> Correct. Thank you. Your last question, Javon. Oh, my gosh. On the Cosby Show, what city did Vanessa go to see the wretched? Baltimore. <laughs> you went all the way to Baltimore? Baltimore? <laughs> To see the wretched. <laughs> Baltimore, Vanessa. Baltimore. I was like, if I hear the word Baltimore one more time, I'm going to cut this TV out. Baltimore. I'm like, TV's off. Done. It's a lot of crazy things happening. She is a legend. So uh, thanks for joining us on Black Like That. Javon got to keep her black card for at least two weeks. Two weeks. But we'll be, we'll be back next week, so it's only going to be a week. <laughs> Surprise. Shocker. See you next time. Black like that. Yeah. <laughs>
look like that. All right, so welcome to That Happened This Week. I thought we'd kick it off with something small first before getting into the bigger news. Did you know Nick Cannon doesn't know all the names of his children? He got 15, of course. He's got 12, probably on his way to 15. He did an interview with Howard Stern. I don't know why Howard Stern is still a thing. But Howard Stern asked him if he'd want to have kids with Taylor Swift. And Nick Cannon said, of course, because why not? Um, Then Howard Stern asked him, to name all of his children, and he could not do it. Apparently, he could name most of his children, with the exception of one, his daughter Onyx, who happens to also be the only child he had with a fully black woman. Most of his baby mamas are either mixed or white. And this woman, uh, Lanisha Cole, is the only one who's black. Like, both parents are black. And this also was the only child, apparently, that he forgot. So he's a little bit of hot water with that. First of all, her name is Onyx. They should be in hot water with a person who named her Onyx. He did. Nick Cannon named her Onyx. So. He's going to be in hot water with himself? Yeah. All right. That's a. Whatever. Sure. (laughs) I almost said something crazy on here. I just find it funny that the same guy who said that he's completely capable of fathering, meaning being a parent to all of these children, also forgot the name of one of his children. Interesting. Do you think you can be a capable parent to 12 kids in different households? If you got the money, yeah. You don't think there's more to being a parent than just the money? Obviously, he doesn't think so. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know what he's thinking. Yeah. Anywho. Craziness. And it's uh, amazing he forgot the girl, the one child with the, the, the only black name. That's what, that's what a lot of people are saying. They're like, oh, interesting. Wasn't Onyx like a strip club? I think Onyx is a strip club. Onyx is a very popular name for clubs in general. It's a very popular name. Oh my god. Next. Next. Queen Latifah made history. She's the first female rapper to appear on the National Recording Registry recently. So the meaning like U.S. government, Library of Congress, elected her music to be in this year's National Recording Registry. It's going to be her 1989 debut album, All Hail the Queen. Which is uh, the product, the project that was inducted a month. Oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't talk. Amongst 600 other works and titles for the registry, but she's the only female rapper to have her music put in this registry. This is the like historic years from now when you know maybe our public schools are teaching stuff like this. They'll see her music in the lineup as part of the projects that, according to the Library of Congress and the U.S. government, are of note. For human history. What do you think? Congratulations to Queen Latifah. I think she deserves. She deserves. She broke a whole lot of barriers. Okay. Congrats. <laughs> just, just okay. Yeah, congrats. I don't know if you want me to say. Interesting. Uh, deserved? <laughs> Maybe it's deserved. Congrats. She deserved all the accolades. Anything else you want me to say? I just find it interesting that she is continuing to pave the way for a lot of people. She hasn't put out a rap album in years. Okay. Okay. Oh, that I'll save for later. And then the biggest news, of course, is that Hulu is going to be doing a documentary that is around and the origins of and the fall of Freaknik. If you Let him go to Dead Duke's home. If you don't know what Freaknik is, it was a wild, wild street party that used to happen in Atlanta in the 90s. Um, it started out as an HBCU picnic and it quickly took on a completely different meeting. We're talking naked people twerking, shaking. 
all kinds of booty butt making and uh, people are in an uproar about it. You got a lot of Gen X that are kind of nervous about whether or not they're going to be seeing their faces in the docu-series. You've got people already suing Hulu because they didn't give their permission to have their images out in this documentary like this. Jermaine Dupri is one of the producers. Uh, Luther Campbell, a.k.a. Uncle Luke, a.k.a. Two Life Crew, is also one of the producers. It'll be interesting to see what happens when this comes out. Uh, it's going to be great. <laughs> I enjoyed Freak Nick every year I went. Mm-hmm. It started dying down around 97, 98. Those years were like, eh. Because mm-hmm. people kind of stopped coming. Apparently there was a lot more rules towards the end. Yeah. There was a lot more rules. Yeah, on they shut everything down. There was so much rules, you couldn't do anything. So people stopped coming around yeah. 97, 98. I think my last year was like 96. Um, I got in a lot of clubs. At 12. I'm just saying. It was amazing. In in the early 90s, Calvin was an early, tw- almost a tween. So Downtown was insane. Literally, all of Atlanta was one big party. It got to the point where they started like shutting down streets, try to keep them moving and just put them in one area. So we just started shutting down the freeway. And people shut down the freeway, start playing music. People get out of their cars, start hollering, start dancing. People dancing on cars, walking around, getting numbers, women everywhere. But the downside to that is dudes started getting crazy. And there's a lot of sexual assaults, Mm -hmm. uh, physical assaults. I seen a couple. I walked away. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. I took a couple of pictures with ladies. It was awesome. Hopefully, I'm not on a documentary. If I am, I don't care. I had a great time. <laughs> Statues of Limitations are already passed. Is that it? Yes. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Some of these statues yes. run a really long time. Whatever. What are they going to do? Especially regarding assault. Those, those what are they going to do? Deep. Take me back and put me in juvenile hall? No. Exactly. They can't put you in juvenile hall. Anywho. They can put you in grown adult jail. Sure. Whatever. It was fun times. Mm-hmm. A lot of partying. Um, oh, man. I There's times where I just got home the next morning. Mm-hmm. Um, me and my cousin, we'd be out there just having fun, man. Uh, I remember Outcast was out there walking around selling T-shirts and stuff like that. They had a big concert at the Underground. But at that time, early Underground was like one of the places to, to go in Atlanta. Had a big concert out there. Almost fell fell into a uh, what you call one of those little uh, pond. No, it's not a pond, but when the fountain almost fell in a fountain out there, because like a fight broke out, and I was trying to get through the crowd, so I started walking on top of the fountain. Luckily, somebody grabbed me. I didn't fall in. Stay dry. Kept the party going. Um, just just. Seeing naked women running around, just a lot of how Mike Tyson will say debauchery. Debaucheries. Yeah. So, <sighs> I wonder if they're gonna tell the full story. Do you think they're just gonna talk about how fun it was, like how it came, like its whole idea sprung from like a really good time, or do you think they're gonna dive deep and talk about all of it? I think they don't talk about the lighthearted parts of it. Was it was a good time? 
But at the same time, too, when you get a bunch of alcohol and drugs into a bunch of people out there trying to have fun mm-hmm. with skin-clad, naked women walking around, mm-hmm. it's bound to be a powder keg of bad, I guess, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Um, so it was like after pretty much... Once Freaknik was done, it was just like a scene out of a disaster, a natural disaster after the tornado came through. It was just garbage. I know all the complaints to the police about sexual assaults and everything. Because I remember one I, one uh, story I heard was like this girl was in a car mm-hmm. with her friends. And they were half, she was half naked. And... I guess some dudes asked for picture and she said no. And they literally yanked her out of her car, her and her friends and stuff. So it was like bad. Well. Yeah. So like around 97, 98, they literally shut it down so bad that people just like done. I'm not even, it's not even worth it. Mm-hmm. So. Ooh, well, it'll be interesting to see. I'm interested to see if it's actually going to come out. And if it does come out, I am going to watch it. But that's all I got for that happened this week. Little girl that do gone. Great music. Great booty shaking music from that from that era. Great. Uh your ghost town DJs. I, I think of you. They're uh, fantastic. It was uh Freaknik was actually the good stuff about it was amazing. Just the camaraderie, going out, having a good old time, fun, the parties, the concerts and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then there was a real, real bad dark side to it. So, I think they'll probably cover both sides, but they probably mainly focus on, hopefully, the good and talk about the bad. So, next time they try to do it, because they've been trying to bring Freaknik back forever. Mm-hmm. They're not having it in Atlanta. They're just not. So, we'll see. But you, it is one of those things you had to be there for. That's all. So, moving on. Do you guys know that we have an email account? Email address is we like that dat podcast at gmail.com. Yes, we like that podcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and hit us up with what you are watching and see if we like that. Because we might like that. We really might. And we'd love to hear from you. On this week's Worth the Watch, we got two shows. We got the finale for Love is Blind Season 4, and we have the finale for SWV and Escape, the Queens of R&B. Let's go ahead and talk about Love is Blind first, because it, in my opinion, was the shortest one. Work the Watch. Basically, we just watched all the couples make it to the altar and decide whether or not they're going to get married. You had Brett and Tiffany. They decided to get married to nobody's surprise. They're the cutest couple in this season. I'm it was just very sweet to watch them fall for each other, get together, have their families be so supportive, their friends be so supportive. And then they got married. Uh, we also had, spoilers, we also had Paul and Micah get to the altar, but not get married. And we're going to circle back to that because the other things happened with that. <clears throat> then we also, why did you make a door creaking sound? 
because you open the door to so many different possibilities. Oh my God. Anyway, then we had Bliss and Zach, and they got married. I didn't think that was going to happen. Calvin Bliss said he knew it was going to happen. And Zach, of course. But of course, what? They were going to get married. Okay. I, I just think it's not going to work. I think Bliss <laughs> just was happy that someone proposed to her. So she's going to take it any way she can get it, which is sad. Well, well so it makes me wonder if they're still married. Because if you've seen social media with them, you see Zach. He's given caveman. He's real shaggy, full beard. I don't, I'm, I mean, I'd be interested to know if they are actually still together or not. Which I guess we'll find out during the reunion that they're going to do live on Sunday. Um, but de- but um, the back and forth between Bliss's parents was sad, was sad. Her mom and her dad are divorced and it became very evident why they were divorced. It was just very Why were they divorced? Did you, you didn't watch it. So when they're waiting to, to walk Bliss down the aisle, Bliss's mom is like, you know, we love you, honey. Uh, we support you, whatever decision you make. And Bliss's dad is like, uh, you can do better. <laughs> He's not going to keep up with you. Just treating the whole thing like it's a joke the whole time. And then when it gets closer and closer to Bliss actually moving to like start walking down the aisle, her mom's like, I love you. Look at me. You got this. And her dad's like, this is all crazy. Like, this is ridiculous. You don't understand why her dad feels like that? I, I kind of think her dad's an asshole. I understand. You just watched your daughter be a second option, and she took it. You can say what you want to say. If that other girl would have went along and married him, he'd have married her, not Bliss. Let's not act like he wasn't going to do that. He only chose Bliss because the other girl decided she didn't want to move move anything further with him. First of all, you know they can't watch the show while they're in it, right? You know that. He can't watch what happened while they filmed it. You know that, right? Javon. So if anything, he got the full story now. He was an asshole before he got the full story. Javon. Okay. It doesn't matter. You, the point is, but that happened though. You can say whatever you want to say. It happened. His daughter he was he didn't a know se- it. Okay. Sure, he was an asshole. Maybe he was. It doesn't matter. His daughter was a second choice. Okay, but so, that's not his complaint. His complaint. Every father thinks a man is not good enough for their daughter. Dude. Every father thinks that. But this wasn't in that. It wasn't in that kind of vein. It was like it was about him. He was making it about him. Like Bliss's actions were going to make him look bad. It wasn't his concern for his daughter. It was his concern for himself. Okay. Then he's. <laughs> Okay, he's he's a jerk. Anywho, so they got married, uh, and then surprisingly, Chelsea and Kwame got married. Surprisingly, Chelsea and Kwame got married. Definitely thought Kwame was gonna walk out. Definitely thought it was gonna be done, and what? Chelsea was the only one who was gonna be gung ho for this relationship. But he said yes. Why would he walk out? He doesn't want to be alone. He doesn't. He just had a lot of to nitpick with her, and granted, some of it was valid where she just was not listening to him but he had a lot to say about not wanting to be with her and then decided yes he doesn't want to be alone 
So he has, he has one or two options. Stay, stay alone or marry the woman that actually wants to be with you. Mm-hmm. Which is probably the first time a woman has actually wanted him and it wasn't the other way around. Yeah. So he just took it. Now, are they going to make it? Maybe not. I will say, I think this is the first time with Love is Blind that this many couples are married. I think it's always been like maybe one or two. I think this year they knew a lot of the couples that got together or just got together to be on the show. So they're like, okay, since we know that we're going to do this, you guys just stick to this script and we'll make it work. And I think that's what happened with a lot of the couples. So you think they have this many marriages because the producers were like, it doesn't matter. Just get married. Stay to the script. Like some that, some people that end up like doing the marriage thing or proposing, they were like, they, I think they found out that they just did it to stay on the show. Mm-hmm. So they were like, okay, since you're doing that, we need you to do this to make it at least look some type of realistic. And just do shit for ratings. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of it was. But they had the other couples to do all that with. So like the whole Irina debacle. They had that to deal with. Marshall and Jackie. They had that to go off of. I think that well. was one of the ones that they actually had to produce. I don't. I disagree. I think they found out later that she. This was her little plan. So I think they had to. Okay this is. Bam, bam, bam. Follow this script. Please. Follow what script? They ended it prematurely. I get it. But they were like, hey, just get to this point and we'll figure something out. But we need you to do something because you kind of tricked us into thinking you wanted to be here for love, but now you just want to be here to be on TV to get your whatever 30 minutes of fame. So now, help us help you or whatever. I don't, it, the show always has people like that. And they are quick to go after them in and the it, show. Yeah. They do that but all the they time. Weed, they end up weeding them out. They don't normally... No, they don't. They keep, oh, really? They keep a lot of them on for the purpose to drum up the drama in oh, the show. Okay, cool. The year before season three, you had the dude who was pretending to cry. He brought his own artificial tears. Oh, okay. And had a whole aside with the producers and was like, I'm going to put these in my eye. Is that okay? And they were like, sure. And they filmed the whole thing and put the whole thing in the show. So we can see him pretend to be upset about something and put fake tears in his face. Okay, cool. Sure. Okay. <laughs> well, that destroys my whole narrative. Listen, I think they were hoping it would be as messy as possible because it works for them story-wise for it to be messy. Um whether these couples end up getting married or not. But apparently this stuff that's happening outside of the show right now was not part of this of the scripting that you're talking about. Like the, well, so with the Paul and Micah situation, after Micah gets, makes her way down the aisle and she is, sh- she's nearly shouting, oh my God, like every two seconds. She's very, you can see in her face how it's becoming real and she's freaking out. When she gets up there and the priest says their thing she turns to Micah to have Micah say if she will or will not take Paul as her husband Micah flips flips the decision and says I think Paul should answer first and Paul is standing there like well which leads me to believe she already knew he was going to say no and that's what a lot of people were saying that there was an understanding potentially beforehand 
that they weren't going to go through with the wedding. So she wanted to pivot the story to make it look like she was the one that got jilted or she was the one that got wronged. And if that was the case, it did not work. But towards the end of that, after he says no, I don't think we should get married. And she storms off. They have their little speech or whatever. Their little aside where he's like, I'm sorry about, you know, how this is making you feel. But I don't think we're ready. When he goes to leave, there is like this small frame that the producers left in. Which adds to my theory that they like like it to be as messy as possible. Where you see Paul trying to leave the room. And he reaches his hand out to like tap one of the bridesmaids on the butt. And she has to swat him away. And she's kind of smiling. And it's got the internet in an uproar right now. Over whether or not Paul is messing with this bridesmaid. And we're not talking about the friend who wants to wear her friend as skin. <laughs> right. We're not talking about Shelby. We're talking about the other one who actually liked him. Yeah, who was nice. Who was actually nice. I think they're, if, if they are messing around, I think they were messing around way before the other friend already knew. She probably said it was okay because she didn't want him anyway. She can have him. So they already knew. Because mm-hmm. they were doing a lot of giggling. The whole time during she was the wedding. doing her crying. Yeah. yeah. True. I agree. So, I think they all knew that this is what was going to go down. And they were just laughing the entire time. We'll find out in the reunion. It'll be interesting to find out in the reunion how this works. Because Micah hasn't had a good run in the public while the show has progressed. They've called her out for being a mean girl. They've called her out for her behavior towards Paul. And what she said, you know, behind his back, like in her confessions and whatnot for the show. She hasn't been a favorable character for the show. And then we get this finale and and there's still not a whole lot of sympathy for her. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in that reunion. Um, I'm interested to see what happens with Jackie and Marshall in the reunion because that's what's really blown up the internet while this has been going on. All of these questions of whether or not she was seeing Josh before she ended things with Marshall Jackie getting online and saying that that whole end scene where her and Marshall are breaking up didn't happen, that Netflix completely dubbed her voiceover, that they chopped and edited everything to make it look like she was being nefarious when she really wasn't. But then you have other people coming out with receipts against Jackie showing that, no, this is the type of person she actually is. is. And she'd be saying stuff like this all the time. So she's a very hurt, toxic person, uh, which I told you when they were in the confessional, him and her weren't going to work. You said a lot of things about him in the confessional, Calvin. Yeah, I said a lot. I said he was gay. Yeah. Yeah. I just said it because he was very emotional. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, Marshall's now dating somebody else, apparently, right now. He may or may not be dating a nurse. Good for him. So it, the, whoever shows up for this probably reunion. Probably not going to work either. Whoever shows up for this reunion, it's going to be interesting to see. Like I said, she is used to being told, shut up, look over there, don't look at me too long. I took the hell out of you. So when she got a guy who was like, how do you feel? Let's talk. Let's not fight, punch, and bite each other. She didn't know how to react. She thought it was weak. Because if a dude hasn't told her, shut up at least twice a, twice a day, he doesn't love her. I'm just saying, I'm real tired of the narrative that if this guy is any and he has any kind of emotional intelligence, he's a he's apparently gay. It doesn't. It's make not sense. emotional intelligence. He's very, very emotional. <laughs> it's not emotional intelligence. He's very, very emotional. It's it's cool to be in, to be in touch with your woman's 
feelings. That's fine. Your woman feelings? Your fe- He's in touch with her feelings, wasn't he? No, no, that was the problem. She didn't want him to be anywhere near her. So no, he didn't get to know her at all. But he was in touch with her feelings. Every time she felt a certain way, he asked her about how she was feeling. He wasn't in touch with her feelings, but he did ask her how she was doing, and she didn't like that. So, like I said, he was just way too emotional for her. Is that better? Sure. Okay. Sure. It's just... Moving uh, on. The reunion's going to be interesting. Also, are Nick Lachey and his wife going to go go there? Because they have it in the past. We've had other seasons that were quite explosive in terms of drama, and they didn't touch none of it. So. I also I also don't like their face. Whose face? Nick Lachey and his wife. And his wife. I don't like their faces neither. I don't understand. They look shady. I understood them as hosts in the first season. Beyond the first season, they they insert themselves into a lot of the conversations, and it doesn't make sense to me why we're doing this. Why are we because they want ourselves? you to know that they're in love? They were made to be together. It's just very interesting how they try to navigate, especially the reunions. How they try to navigate these reunions. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So we'll see. It's supposed to be live. People have the opportunity to type in their own questions for the reunion, but it doesn't mean they'll get read. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Moving on. They're going to try a story from the real, real crazy stuff. Um, Are you actually going to watch the live? Sure. Because I will type in, why does she need to be punched in the face to know that she's in love? (laughs) Question. I don't, it's just, ugh. But yeah, so that's what's happening with Love is Blind season four. Um, moving on to the last episode of SWV and Escape, the Queens of R&B. The saga that I wanted to really talk about. Listen, the, well, okay, so let's, let's talk get about, it on. let's talk about the episode and then we'll get into all of, <laughs> all of the dramatics that happened post the episode. So in the episode itself, we kicked off with, Tasha calling Rocky while she's sitting with the other ladies of escape. You actually have in your nose Tucha. I Tasha T O C H A Tasha. T O C H A. Yeah, that's how she spells her name. That's Tucha. Okay. Anyway, so can I just say I'm tired of people changing the sounds, the words, and letters and stuff? But continue. Rocky and Tucha deny they participated in the kickbacks. Right. So she's still sitting there with the girls. She's got Rocky on the phone. They're like, she's like, listen, the girls are saying that we got all kinds of kickbacks. This isn't true, right, babe? And he's like, right, basically. Like that was the that was the summation then, of the phone call. He then says, his emails and my emails are the same. No, not emails, text messages. Text messages are the same. I got the same text message he he got, but mine's the same thing. SWV. But if y'all have the same text messages, that means you did it right they're like we've got proof they're sending us photos of the conversations between y'all and that's when he was like my phone has the same messages it doesn't prove anything and they were like you just said that you have the same messages that's like OJ saying, that's like OJ saying i got the same knife but i'm innocent it doesn't make it didn't it didn't make sense tasha then they have I, I don't know how why to be messy probably the producers probably did this to be messy but they Do have what? a whole thing where they have a confessional featuring Rocky and Tasha talking about the kickbacks, stealing money from Tamika. And Tasha is just, every time Tasha tries to talk, Rocky cuts her off and tells her, let me speak. 
Let me let me it's say this for myself. It's a very Ike and Tina relationship. And then he just sputters and stutters. And then he tells how he would do the deed if he did it. And tells on himself. I don't even know how to steal. I don't know how to get somebody's social security number and forge their name and send it to the bank. <laughs> like it was And have their passport like, and like, all this other what? stuff. I'm like, did you just go into details of how you did it? And then and then when they're talking about the kickbacks, they're like, We didn't do nothing. We don't do kickbacks. I get the money that I'm owed. I hustle. No, he said he doesn't have to hustle anymore. <laughs> Which, Which makes no sense neither. He says, I don't got to hustle. They just pay me. And it's like the point of this whole conversation was that the people didn't get their their value for what they paid you. It, it doesn't mean. And the, so it sounds like what happened was the promoter didn't get what he was supposed to get and Rocky didn't give him his money back. Like we said in the last <laughs> the last recap we did last episode, the whole thing kicked off with this promoter because uh, the girls were trying to book a tour with this particular promoter. This promoter said they had a bad relationship with their management and Rocky. And the girls had to be like, we don't use that management. And what do you mean, Rocky? And that's when everything came out because allegedly Rocky got a kickback of 30 grand to have all four members of Escape be on this tour. But it was a situation where two of the members got sick and they couldn't do the full tour. But Rocky already got the kickback. So now this promoter was saying all the details. And then you've got there in their confession, you've got Tasha being like, well, let me also say that in the past, whoever's brokered the deal with these promoters gets a higher percentage than the rest of the group, which is typically what a kickback is. And they're like, we just get the money that we're owed. So it, which makes it very clear that they live in denial and that their definition of a kickback is not the same definition as the world's. They don't see their bad doings as bad doings. They see it as good business. It is. The strength, and she leaves. She she doesn't eat. The, the conversation doesn't get any further than that. With Rocky being like, "Stop questioning me," she leaves the meeting. The girls are like, "Well, <laughs> that's what that, that went down." Let's just get through the concert. And then Tasha's immediately on the phone with her mother, talking about how the girls are trying to break up her family. One of the girls is her sister. Anyway, anywho, it doesn't make sense. Next part of the episode is them getting ready to go down to the Toyota Center in, I believe, California? Yes, Ontario, California. And um, them preparing for that. So you get these little cute little vignettes of everybody traveling. The girls of Escape all meet up and they're all in the same limo and they're headed down to the arena to practice. We should also mention that they have nothing prepared in terms of what they're actually going to be doing when they get on stage. They don't have any transitions ready. They don't know how uh, they're going to be doing with songs. They're going to be singing with the other group with. They're thinking they're all going to work this out when they go in to do their run-throughs just the to day go, before. Just to go back a smidgen, all of, you see all of them traveling together, but the one person that's missing with Escape is Tusha. Tusha's not with them. They don't know where Tucci is. They don't know where she's staying. She's not staying with them. All they know is that they see her when she when they see her. SWV is going over like, I hope these girls got their stuff together when we get there so we can get this done quickly and fast because we don't have that much time to go over this stuff. Mm-hmm. So then we get to the venue. And it's... No, you skipped the part. What? Once they all land in California, don't we get a full, like... 15 minute scene 
of Tasha and Rocky in their Airbnb with their personal chef and all of her hairstylists and makeup artists and other paid to be here team. Yes, yeah, so Tasha's at her whatever house she they got with her whole team. First of all, this this Airbnb is ridiculous. They have a full pool. They're only there for two days. They have a full pool. This huge house. Personal chef, makeup artist, hairstylist, another makeup artist, bodyguard, another person. I don't even know what they do. You know what? She acts like she's Diana Ross. Diana Ross don't even act like this. (laughs) Oh, oh, they said Diana Ross was a lot. But she had the talent to back it up. Did she or was she just... The one that was leading all the songs. We're gonna pretend Diana Ross doesn't have talent. No, I'm all not right. saying. I'm not, cool. Sure. I'm saying out of that group she was in. Calvin, she spun off and did her solo career, and that solo career hit. Did she have an ego? Of course she did. But what I'm saying is, there of was somebody just as, who could sing just as good in that group before she got him kicked out. Oh, in the Supremes. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot. There's... I'm just saying Tasha's story and. Well, you're right. Diana Ross's story, yeah. not the same. You're right. You're not right. the same. You're right. right. I, I concur with you. You're correct. <laughs> I apologize for even bringing up Diana Ross's name in this whole debauchery. I mean, she is trying to act like she's the the big star out of Escape, which I would argue, with Escape's own arguments, that it's candy. Anyway. I wouldn't even say it's really candy. I said... You can make a case as candy or tiny by default. It's got to, I think between the two reality stars, it's got to be candy. Candy has more reality shows under her but belt than the, tiny. But even that, but what I'm saying is it's by default. I'm just saying. But yeah, I get what you're Tasha's saying. Tasha's acting like it's all her and it is not. Yeah. yeah. And it is not. Yeah. She's like, I'm the strongest singer. Are you? She is. Are you though? She is. Tamika is Belton. Tamika, I'm not saying Tamika isn't a good singer, but Tasha is a little bit better. I don't know. She's I think Tasha had more opportunity. I think Tasha. I had would more say opportunity. her mom took more time with her. I that, I agree. That's I what agree. I would say. That's but what I, I think say. Tamika is just as capable of, of a singer. Yeah, I'm not saying she is. I'm just, I'm just I'm saying just... all the things that Tasha is being told by her husband is what makes her special is not unique but to her. her walking around like she's uh, Rita Franklin or somebody. Yeah, that's, that's let's tone it down. Let's, it, oh, 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 Patty LaBelle. <sighs> let's not, let's not, let's stop. Like, she's walking around like she's on Beyonce level. That's insane to me. I'm still confused why she's here. Why hasn't she, she keeps talking about how she doesn't need this group. Why haven't we left? Why haven't we left then? If we, if all they do is cause you strife, they're breaking up your family, apparently. Why not leave? You've got your solo deal. You think you're the biggest star out of the bunch. Why not leave? Because she's got money on her mind, Goodness huh? gracious. Does she? Because she's spending it like it's nothing. Like it's nothing. Okay. It doesn't make any sense. So we get a random, random side scene of her really spending money she probably does not have to live up whatever fantasy dream that this is. And it turned Rocky talking about how the girls are trying to go after them and badmouth them. They are doing a fine job on their own. So now we move to the venue in the practice or rehearsal, the dress rehearsal. When we get there, the only group practicing is SWV. 
They show them in the Toyota arena. They're the only ones going through the pacing, the blocking, the run through. They're the only ones there. And then we find out that they've been there for a while. The escape has not shown up. Tasha has not shown up. The girls are like, well, we're basically done. And then Escape finally shows up. And well, they're like, okay, let's try to run through this fast. Well, Escape, three of the members of Escape show up. The three, <laughs> right. Tasha is not there. Three members of Escape finally show up. And SWV is like, okay, well, now that we've got some of y'all, let's go ahead and try to get get an agreement on how we're doing transitions, what we're doing. But of course it's not quick. Escape is like, well, let's do this. Well, what about this? Or how about we do this? The choreography they already have set, they now want to change also. They want to change some stuff up. The choreographer is at his wit's end. He's <laughs> he's talking to them any kind of way. And SW is like, is do, uh, are they working for him or he's working for them? Because he's talking <laughs> to me kind of way. That's crazy. So they're just basically commenting like everybody else at home watching this whole thing but listen patience is wearing thin you see the management for swv getting upset he's like how much longer is this going to take you see poor steven who's the creative director for the show he's it, it looks like he's trying to like get a bunch of cats together what do they call it he's trying to shepherd a bunch of cats i don't know i've never heard that saying it, corral he's trying to corral a bunch of cats like it's just a lot of personalities and ego that are like no it should be like this it should be like this and nobody can come to a consensus again again we have another situation where they just can't seem to find a middle ground and people are done and by people i mean swv mainly coco 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 said she ran out of medicine and she ran out of her medication which i told you what would happen eventually (laughs) but you know what coco's not the one who pops off taj's which I think is saying something. If the most level-headed person in that crew is the one that's like, what is going on? Why is this like this right now? It's saying something. Like, they still are fighting over direction and whatever. And what should we do for this particular transition? Taj throws out an idea because she wants to be done. And somebody from the crowd says that's corny. So Taj, Which is Don Juan. So that Don Juan is... Candy's assistant? He was her general manager for her restaurants, I thought. But then uh, when Candy did her speak on it, she said Don Juan is also in the music industry. And I was like, what does that mean? That that means anything. (laughs) So, in the show, it looks like Todd says, who the fuck are you talking to? She did not say that. (laughs) She didn't say that at all. First, she said, who said that? She's, she spins around when she hears it and says, who said that? And Don Juan's like, I think it's corny. And she's like, keep it to yourself. Like, we don't got the time. And then when they cut away from her, we hear Taj say, shut the fuck up. That's what she said. But according to Taj, when she did her own live reaction to everything, that was out of context. She did say, shut the fuck up, but she was saying it to the girls, probably about the situation or just her frustrations in general. She wasn't saying it directly to Don Juan. <laughs> But it doesn't matter because most of the internet agreed with her. He should have shut the fuck up because what he he has no skin in the game about what's going on. He doesn't understand the frustrations that these groups are already dealing with. We don't need your two cents. Thank you. He's only there for one person anyway, so it doesn't even matter. Also that. So finally, the diva herself, Patty LaBelle, I mean, Tasha. L- Latasha walks in. So apparently it's been a whole hour and some change and Tasha finally comes in 
with her paid groupies, right? With, with 100 people, like she's a rapper. This bodyguard was making me laugh. Did you see him? No. Like, so they're going down the hallway to get to the venue, and he is fully blocking no one. No one's in this hallway. But he's, like, got his arm out in front of Tasha to keep her behind him. It was doing the most for nothing. I missed that because there was nobody there, so I probably <laughs> didn't pay him any attention. I was just watching the person that was constantly combing her hair. That's it. The wig, I guess. She finally gets there. They do a little bit more practicing. But SWV is like, we just need to get this done with and over with. We just need to get it over with. This is ridiculous. We finally get the performance. Flash 2, performance night. They're finally there. They're getting in their costumes. They're getting ready. Again, Tasha is a no-show. <laughs> like, Tasha's a no-show. But she eventually shows up with her entourage. And she has her own... I guess, uh, dressing room? She does. You see, like, Candy and Tamika are sharing one, and then, well, because it would be Tiny and Tasha who would have shared. Well, people said Tiny just showed up in her outfit and everything with everything on. She just showed up. No, that no, that was for the, the rehearsal, not for the show. Oh, okay. Well, Tiny showed up. Mm -hmm. She came in. So her, Tamika, and I Candy was in a room together? Maybe. I don't even know. It was mostly, like, the Tasha show over there. I don't even know. Yeah, so... But we finally get the show. The, fight, the show finally happens. And it looks like the show is doing pretty well. They've they've got like a corner of the arena that they've got the seats for. It looked like they took and just used 25% of the arena. It did look like that. It looked like they took 25% of that arena. To, but I mean, there were still a lot of people. So yeah, they came out, they did their stuff. And then this apparently is... Mo most of the internet agrees with this. Calvin doesn't agree with this. But when we get to the songs and SWV finally gets to Week, we see the crowd like really react to SWV singing Week, singing along, doing what they got to do. Turns out in all of the madness to get the show finally said and done, the consensus was that Escape was going to finish with uh, Understanding and Week wasn't going to be the last song. But the show goes to great lengths to show you the crowd reaction for SWV singing week and the crowd reaction for Escape singing uh, Understanding. The internet and myself agree the reaction for a week was a little bit more than Understanding, but you didn't see it that way. I'm going to talk to the people. I'm going to get really close to the mic. It's not that I don't agree with everybody saying week had more passionate singing from the crowd. What I'm saying is, I don't care for neither. It doesn't matter to me. That's my argument. It doesn't matter to me. We all know Weak is the bigger strong. The bigger song is Weak. People know Weak more. People can tell you where they were when they sung Weak. That's all I'm saying. I get that. All I'm saying is, it doesn't matter to me because they're two both slow songs. They are. That's it. They're ballads. That's true that's all but it is i thought it was like interesting like the, the show has been like needling this whole conversation of is swv the bigger group compared to escape and it's been like the overarching storyline of like is escape in denial is swv in denial who what when blah 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 blah, blah. So, this takes us back to our conversation mm -hmm. i'm not saying Escape is a bigger audit, uh, bigger group than SWV. SWV is the bigger group. 
But what I understood from what Escape was arguing was we have this other lot of fans that we can tap into that SFV can't tap into. But like you also said, but just because you have too, those fans doesn't exactly. mean they're going to go see your show. Exactly. But, is, is, but if we were selling something, if we were selling something, I could see that being the argument. Like, yes, you're a known group. We're kind of a known group, but we also have a relevancy right now. If we were selling something, sure. But this is a showcase, essentially. All this is a nostalgia showcase. I get you saying. All I'm saying, I can see both sides. Mm-hmm. Now, I agree more with SWV because you can't equate your, uh, what you, what the, her uh, candies and tinies mm-hmm. uh, fans mm-hmm. on the reality TV show to them going to see them in concert mm-hmm. because they might not even know they, these have a sing. Most of them didn't even know Candy was in a music group. So that doesn't mean they will come out and see you sing. Mm-hmm. So whatever. But at the end of the day, they put on the show. The show, I guess, was good. But the aftermath between the two groups. So the finale ends with SWV getting accolades because Week has gone triple platinum now. Which, honestly, I think that's saying something. If you are still selling records from an album you dropped in 96, that's pretty amazing. I hope they get the money for it now. They sh- I hope. That's a good point. I think that's is this like this 30-year day rule, 30 year rule where you get your publishing back or something uh-huh. in the music business. The rights or something. The rights or something like that. So, hopefully, they got the rights back. They could put the music out again and actually make money. Mm-hmm. But I just found it interesting, again, that the show continually shows SWV like their professionalism and shows escape as just just the messiness. Because right after they get their accolades, we get Tasha and Tamika fighting in the back rooms. Tamika just being like, Tasha, what is really going on? What is happening right now? Why you got this full entourage? Are we ever going to settle? And Toot- Tasha being like, I don't know what you're talking about. Toot-cha-chains. That's my family now. Toot your chains. What are you going to do? Is your well, my new family is what her entourage is her new family, she said. Her payroll family, absolutely. So uh, apparently they haven't talked since the the performance. Yeah, allegedly they have not talked at all since the performance. Which is interesting because we've been seeing a lot of live <laughs> interviews with everybody. With them going back and forth over their fighting because of the show. So it, they end it with like, okay, so basically SWV's going on tour with Jodeci and we found out not only is it Jodeci it's also Drew Hill Calvin signed up for the tickets he can't wait uh no I will <laughs> sign up for some tickets that I don't give a damn about I don't care about seeing no Jodeci I or no Drew care. Hill or SWV I don't care time is slipping away from us first of all nice one like it like this yes. like this time is slipping away from us away from us that whole performance was hilarious. Listen. Anywho, um, I don't care. I, uh, I love that their response to all of this was, let's keep working. Where else can we go? First of all, this person What's thought... What's the next tour we could do? This person thought uh, Drew Hill was bigger than Jodeci. I did. Wow. I did. That's I'll boldly a, say that. No, I'll say that. They're not even close. I know more Drew Hill songs than I know Jodeci songs. Everybody else knows Jodeci songs. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. 
But yeah, but I, I just like that SWVs. I, they ended this show with, we went triple platinum with one of our singles. We're going on tour with another group. Can't stop, won't stop. We, we working all the time. SWV, or Escape ends with Tasha is doing her solo album. She's breaking away from the group. The, the three of them are going to try to start touring. But the whole point of the show was to watch the behind the scenes of these two powerhouse girl groups kick off their own tour. And that's not going to happen. Oh, I can't. I, so I, now we can get into the aftermath. I, everybody's reaction. I don't think Escape is a powerhouse girl. I group. agree. I agree. So I don't know. But the aftermath was insane. People picking sides on which the, the song, which one's better, weak or understanding. Listen. And first, do we even know how good Tasha gospel record did? Uh, so t- Tasha's whole album dropped April 7th. So was that a week? No, that was a week before the finale. So it dropped the week before the finale. Apparently it entered the gospel charts at 24, which is, I guess, is pretty decent for a debut album. Okay. But that's the last I heard of it. I don't know if it stayed there. How much she sailed? I can't get any quotes. I have no idea. Which means, it even didn't. though it, it, went 20, it started at 24, <laughs> it might have started off okay, and then it was it. I also wonder how sales are affected by streaming. That's another good question, too. Yeah. I also don't know how often it's been streamed. So. Hopefully, she went at least plastic or vinyl. We'll find Hopefully out. She went vinyl. We'll find out if we find out that she's now touring with Escape. We'll get her answer. Oh, and by the way, those two things I just said are no rating. <laughs> of, they don't use that to rate records at all. Wood. So there's no such thing as plastic, vinyl, or wood. <laughs> so, it might be vinyl, but I don't know. But so okay, so we get watch what happens live, which is the after show for most of Bravo's shows, including SWV and Escape, Queens of R&B. Mm-hmm. And in that discussion, you have Tasha from Escape and you've got Coco from SWV. Coco, for her, for the most part, with her new fantastic hairstyle, kept things chill. She was like, it was a interesting situation. We really thought it was going to be one way. It ended up being another way, you know, but, you know, we still have respect for the girls. Yeah, she kept it very classy. Which means she got a refill on her medication. <laughs> Great job. Then Tasha comes out and she has to clarify many things. First, she dragged Candy's mama in the mud and said that Candy's mom was calling her on Instagram to tell her to stop singing. First of all, I didn't know you could call some. I mean, I know you can call somebody, but who's using that to really call apparently somebody? Apparently, no. Apparently, that's can't be true because she changed her number the day after the concert or Ma- something like that. Many things aren't true. Uh, Latusha doing too much. Candy's mom <laughs> is up there in age. I, she is not on social media like that. I don't know how she would have called her to tell her to stop singing. She she ran with that. Then she said she has no friends with Escape anymore. Her only friend is the person sitting next to her, which was Coco. Which then led Coco to having her own little side video where she's like, yeah, me and Tasha are friends. But I don't know about all that business that was going on. We keep it friends. I don't know about what's going on with her sister or the other dramas that's happening with her group. We just talk. Then Tasha was like, oh, Andy asked her about her open marriage to Rocky because in another video that she did in her apology tour, after, you know, the internet came for her for stealing Tamika's money. 
she said that she was aware of Rocky stepping out on her and allegedly, potentially having a whole baby with a mistress uh, because they have an open relationship. She says that what she meant by open relationship was an open communication. They have an open communication relationship? I don't know anybody who says we have an open relationship meaning communication. I don't know anybody who says Well, we don't have an open communication relationship. (laughs) I can't communicate. You don't want to hear what I say. You don't like my understanding. <laughs> it's right. I was just kicking it. So, like, it doesn't make any sense. I need to start using some of these excuses in my own relationship, goddammit. It's, it, this, the, the, the stories aren't making sense. The stories aren't, and then we had the live reactions. Candy did her speak on it, talking about the last episode. Speak on it! And basically, most of her, her recap, her retelling of everything was that SW, SWV was just wildin' and the show just didn't capture that. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. If while if you mean wildin', you mean me reacting to everything you're saying and doing, then okay. Sure. So she says the reason Understanding was the last song was because SWV's music guy, I guess that was the guy who was coordinating all the songs, whatever, whatever. He decided that it needed to be Understanding. According to Candy, he took the escape girls aside and was like, it just makes more sense message-wise to have Understanding be the last song. I don't know if you know the lyrics to Understanding or the lyrics to Weak. It's basically the same message. Anyway. Here's what happened. I'm pretty sure he went to SWV like, y'all, y'all will get the hell out of here. Let's just <laughs> let them have Understanding's last song. Because if y'all don't, we're going to be here all night Ages. long until the damn concert Has starts. Has to be. Candy made it sound like the, their music guy made his own decision and SWV just had to go with it. Because later, apparently, SWV was like, yeah, we let you guys do this. And she was like, okay, we know it was your music guy. But I'm like, it's their music guy. It's their music guy. You don't think he had a conversation with them at all? And they said, yeah. <laughs> they said, do what you got to do. We want to go home. I, 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 I don't know. But maybe, maybe that is what happened. I don't know. So that. I think Candy need to understand some of the shit that come out of her mouth is is stupid. Well, I think she, but I think that's part of her branding. You know what I mean? I think that's how she makes her money. She just says off the cuff things, well, unfiltered. Well, it's been said that she is the reason. She is the messy one. Okay. She is actually the messy one okay. when it comes to the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Okay. She likes to start stuff and then step back. And act like it, she don't know what's going on when she's the one who actually starts it. Right. So maybe this this is part of her branding. Pro- it probably is. And it was on her speak on it. But it's also mm-hmm. profitable for her. So on the one hand, I like, I'm not going to hate the business. Like, I, I understand. You got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it is very frustrating that she's like, all this went down. I have, you know, I have negative feelings about this. And then goes, but I would do it again. <laughs> I would sign up again to do this. And she... she- she used to that. She's used to that arena. True. Her and Tiny. True. Other, all the other girls or SFV to them, they're not really used to that. Listen, Taj did her own live recap of it, and it is not great. It really isn't <laughs> because it it like starts and stops, sputters, sound goes out. But again, also this was this is her first time doing anything like this. And honestly, I enjoyed it for what it was. She was so done with the whole show entirely. She was like, I'm just glad it's done. I'm glad that we can talk about all this stuff now and be done with it. Uh, She did have some complaints about how 
honestly, the SWB girls were not ready for all of the interneting that was going to be happening. Everybody's opinions, uh, people flooding DMs, tweeting them, Instagramming them, you know, all of the, they weren't ready for all of that attention to be thrown their way. But they also made a conscious decision to not fight amongst themselves while on the show. And apparently that was Taj's doing. She was like, we can fight in our own time. <laughs> what we need to not do is fight on these cameras, okay? And I told you they're not going to do another one. You're right. They don't, they don't have the patience for it. You're right. That's what they said. They said this was the first, last, and only. They're not going to do anything like this ever again. Um, and when they were doing the circuits, they did an interview with Sherry Shepard for her little talk show. They talked about how they weren't going to do their relationship with SWV or not SWV with escape was basically done. Like it was basically done the way everything shook out the way everything went down. Supposedly they're like, we're not, we're just done. We're done, done later. When another interview Coco said, you know, feelings could change later. Like if we gave it some time, but right now there is no way that they're going to be touring alongside Escape. There's just none. Well, SWV got a new stylist and everything. They stepped their style game up and everything. So they, they came out did. on top. They for real did. They look fantastic. Apparently they're going to do new music. Lily is going to have her own song where she is lead on. That'll be interesting to hear. I mean, so, I mean, in the good and the bad of everything, it did make SWV more known. More relevant. More more relevant. Uh, at least in that today's standard, at the very least. And honestly, I'm rooting for them. At the end of the day with this show, I'm rooting for Taj, Coco, and Lily and seeing what happens with their next chapter after all of this. Second that emotion, I guess. Okay. <laughs> So that's why I thought it was worth the watch. The so Love is Blind, SWV, and Escape, Queens of R&B finale. It was good for me. Do you like that? Because we like that. Listen to us on all podcast platforms, especially Spotify, interact, do all the things. Because you know we like that. And now, live, live after lockup. Oh, these couples getting on our nerves, on our, on our nerves. So who are we going to talk about first? Wow. Wow. Yeah, they're getting on our nerves. Okay. First up is Brittany and Marcelino because it's the shortest one. Same stitch. They're having a fake problem. They're coming up with fake solutions. Brittany and Marcelino are talking about how it's affecting, their fighting is affecting Giovanni, her oldest son. Marcelino takes Giovanni out, just the two of them, and explains that he and Brittany are working through things. What do they think about rehashing their wedding reception? And Giovanni's like, I don't know, I'm a kid, sure. End of, end of storyline. Yep, I guess that was it. Um, <laughs> nothing really happened. They woke up happy. Now he's going to spend time with her son. And that's it. It's Moving on. Why is it here? Uh, next up, Lindsay and Blaine. Okay. We're still riffing off of the everything is overwhelming Lindsay storyline. She is fully having a meltdown and saying that she's overwhelmed with all the responsibilities she has, according to Lindsay. 
Blaine is not working, so it's up to her to get the bills paid, to fund the move, to fund the stuff they've got to do to fix up the trailer, and she needs Blaine to pull his weight. Blaine, on the other hand, is like, what the fuck is her problem? He's like, when she needed help the most, he was right there. And yes, right now, due to the season, he's not working, but this is like a short pit stop. He feels that Lindsay's being ungrateful and that all now that she is the one who has to work when it was, you know, flip flop the other way around, she wants to be seen as like a hero essentially. And he's like, what do you want a cookie? He storms out of the house in the middle of the night. Lindsay tells him he, he that he can't take any of the cars. So he storms right back to the house cause he's nowhere else to go. <laughs> he storms back into the house. Comes right back to that house. <laughs> And Lindsay leaves. <laughs> He's like, gosh darn it, she's right. He really had nowhere to go. And so, <laughs> and it was pitch dark. It was country dark. It, if any of you know what country dark is, it's like it's scary, scary dark. dark. <laughs> so he's like, eh, these animals are going to get me. Let me come back in this house. He comes right back. Lindsay decides she she's going to leave. Her, her car is still packed up because of their move. She puts the animals in her car. This poor cat in the back seat is like, where the hell are you taking me, lady? And where's the dog? I know a dog is in this car somewhere. I just can't see him or know where he is. Lindsay, they're trying to say Lindsay's on the road. I think she's sitting in the car. But either way, Blaine calls her while she's in the car and starts crying and pleading for her to come right back. And that's where we leave that. <laughs> Lindsay, come on, Lindsay. That's not, that's not what he did. I love you so much, Lindsay. I miss you. And that was it. Wow. So then, I think we should talk about Amber and Puppy. Amber and Puppy is picking up right off of, after the fight that they had at the gym, where. Puppy was like, you're being really narcissistic to Amber and told Amber that she has a drinking problem. And Amber's parents also said she had a drinking problem and that they weren't going to help her pay for her bid to, to be a partner in this restaurant business she was trying to get into. Um, you know what? I think Amber has a drinking problem. Amber might have a drinking problem. So Amber and Pu Amber convinces Puppy to get in the car with her to go to her house with TC. Puppy is scared to death to go to this house. With TC, because she knows TC does not like her. I think TC threatened her life. <laughs> I think she's feeling extra vulnerable right now, because she doesn't have Eric in her corner. It's literally just her, so I think she's just feeling extra vulnerable. But they show up at the house, uh, they come in, Amber gives her like a very loose tour, and they walk into the kitchen, and TC's in the kitchen. The kitchen is decorated very interestingly. I don't think that's the kitchen. I think that's his zombie apocalypse safe room. Safe room. It's it's got like cowboy decor, a boxing situation. Cause you gotta stay in shape for the zombies, Javon. I guess. Anyway, uh, he tries to tease puppy a little bit because he knows she's nervous, but she's just like, I know you don't like me, uh, you know, but thank you for letting me be in the house. And he's like, it's not that I don't like you. I don't like the bullshit that comes <laughs> with you. I don't like your smell. So if you can keep the bullshit out of the house, that everything will be copacetic. Because this like, house cool. smells enough of beer and cigarettes. Amber gets up and leaves to go do something, leaving TC and Puppy by themselves. 
and TC and Puppy start talking about Amber's drinking problems. Puppy mentions that, you know, she's noticed that Amber is like really uptick in her drinking and TC's like, yeah, it's really bad. She has a problem. And she's like, well, what are we going to do about it? And TC's very much like, I don't know what we can do about it. Like he's like, I don't know. It is what it is kind of a situation. I don't want to bring it up. She just is going to cry. And then I don't know what to say after that. Um, then Amber comes back and gets into it. They, she hears them talking about her drinking situation. And, and does exactly what TC says she was going to do. Starts, starts to cry. And, but so, and according to Amber, the only, she doesn't think she has a drinking problem. She thinks it's a coping situation because she's still reeling with her feelings about the abortion that she had to have earlier. She has a bad liver her doctors told her that it, she wouldn't be able to maintain the pregnancy with the state that her health was in. So the, her best bet, according to Amber, was to have the baby aborted. However, TC was not a proponent for the abortion and had a lot of negative feelings about it. And now that Amber you know, went ahead and made the decision anyway, she wants them to talk it out. And she has really dark moments where she just wants him to be there for her. But TC doesn't know how to do this. He has no idea what she's really looking for or what he should be doing. And so he just doesn't do anything. And she flips out. She gets really upset about it. And she storms off. And Puppy's like looking at TC like, you go after her? And he's like, there's no point in me going after her. Like according to TC, they go through this round of circus almost every night with her saying what she's saying about the abortion and how he wasn't doing something for her and him basically, I guess, just kind of repeating the same stuff over and over again of like, what could I do? There's nothing I really can do. Yada, yada, yada. So puppy's like, well, if you just hold her and tell her that everything's okay, that, you know, she'll, that would help her and go a long way. And TC's like, it won't, it won't go anywhere. We just end up fighting again. So Puppy goes after Amber and holds her and tells her everything's going to be okay. Which leads me to believe TC has done that and it didn't work. That's what it kind of tells me too. Because guess what? That's what we all do. Okay. When you cry, we just hug. We don't know what to do. And we just stand there and hug. <laughs> if that doesn't fix the situation, we are stumped. <laughs> Especially if we don't know how to deal with feelings, we are stumped. It is just... I so... He's right. He doesn't know what to do because he wasn't held as a child. He was probably punched in the face for crying. I don't know. I'm just throwing out some uh, assumptions out there. I'm probably right on half of them. But he doesn't know what to do. And I don't blame him. Mm. He tried the one thing. Mm. It worked for two seconds. And then she went back to yelling and being the way she is. And he's like, well, I'm done. Don't know what to do. I'll just stay out the way. I think this is deeper stuff. She probably needs to talk to like a professional about. Maybe they could both go do that, but I don't think TC is the guy to be like. Let's talk to a professional. Let's uh, let's do a couple counseling. Of course situation. not. He's waiting for the zombies. He's <laughs> um, and just because you use drinking as a coping mechanism doesn't mean it's not a problem. Mm. That's like me punching people in the face. Be like, this is how I resolve my anger issues. And this is how I solve my anger issues. <laughs> I think that's a problem. No, that's just how I solve my anger by punching me in the face. You know, then it's a problem. So I don't understand that logic that she has behind that. Well, it's called denial. Her logic is denial. So that's No, that's I don't think it's works. denial. I think it's, this is all I know how to do. So I'm just going to do it. 
because no one else is giving me another option or trying to help me with another better option. I don't know. This is the only thing I know how to do. So she was in the prison system, and they did have counselors in that system. I'm not saying it makes it easy, but she is aware that there's other options. But going that route is a lot harder than just being like, nah, it's fine. It's okay. It's fine. And two, the person she really loves is coming out there to hug her anyway. So it's that too. It is interesting. So we get off of that couple. Let's talk about another boring couple, Sean and Sarah. Yes. Angry, uh, uh, angry straight man, I guess. I don't know. It's Sean is still on this kick of like, there might be something else going on between Sarah and Anthony. Sarah's telling him, no, it's just that uh, Anthony's coming back into our lives for Abby, which is her eldest daughter. And Sean's like, I don't believe you because, you know, Sarah didn't tell him anything about this happening at all. I do find it interesting that the show is trying to sell this as like Sarah was trying to protect her peace by not telling Sean when they kicked it off at the beginning of this season of her reaching out to Anthony to spite Sean because Sean wasn't doing, <laughs> she felt Sean wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing to make her feel desirable anymore. Plot twist, they found out Sean doesn't know emotions or have any emotions. So they were like, well, that's not going to work. They said, scrub it. We're going to, so what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to go this avenue. Sarah decides that Sean needs to meet Anthony for Abby's sake. Since according to Sarah, Anthony's about to be in their lives a lot more because she's going to tell Abby that Anthony is her father. I'm going to reiterate that Abby is now eight or nine and she met this dude for like the first time a couple weeks back. So they all get together and they meet up in a park without Abby. So I'm like, okay, the buffer you needed is not there. So what is, what are we doing? When they meet up, Sean immediately is a dick and he her rough. He doesn't want to shake Anthony's hand. He's like, I'm only here for Abby. Her rough. I think all of this is bullshit. I her feel rough, like you're trying to be father of the year and come in here and take Sarah and take Abby. And I'm not here for it. And he storms off and goes and sits in the car. Then he gets out of the car and comes back and apologizes. Meanwhile, Anthony is like, this dude's a jerk and I don't like him. And if I was not sober, I would have definitely fought him by now. Which I I think he would have tried to fight him by now. Whatever, Javon. I don't listen to anybody who's been sober for two days and tell me this is what they would have done if they were <laughs> two days. sober. Eh, whatever. Basically, Sean goes into how, like, you know... Sarah lied to him about the whole situation and he didn't mean any harm. Uh, he knows it came off as, you know, incredibly whatever, whatever. And Anthony goes, listen. i take your woman if I want to. Basically, he was like, if I wanted to get back with Sarah, there's nothing you could do to stop it. Well, so, that one left really fast. <laughs> so, like, it was just... And, of course, Sean now feels away. He's like, oh, this is further proof something else is going on. Ugh. Ugh. And that's really the end of the story. Pretty much, Sean Donaldson staying... Even though he is a guy, I, I want to say I think he is. Oh, gosh. Um, is you have a young guy seeing an old guy. So the young guy is just doing what young guys do. Vibrato. That's all it is. I did find it funny that Anthony's first reaction to Sean was, why is he so old? Why, why is yeah. he so old was his first reaction. Because time is slipping away from him. Not going anywhere. Um, let's talk about Chance and Taylor. Turns out Chance's truck is not repossessed. He still has it. Told you. 
<laughs> it's just not as pretty as it was when he first got it, so that's why he's not driving it. It's very interesting. So Chance um, is still still hasn't told Taylor that he lost his job. Why? At all. We don't know. We don't know why he hasn't told her. And they're still fighting about him and Taylor trying to, you know, keep track of his whereabouts. She's tracking the car. Apparently, GMC has an app where you can track the location of the vehicle. No, that means he has no star on a on a truck. There's no star on the truck. But if it was North which Star. Which it means it's actually on paying Star. an OnStar, which means they're paying a fee for it. No, she opened a GMC app, not the OnStar app. Okay, I thought the OnStar app was connected to the GMC thing. OnStar has its own app. You don't need to use the GMC one. Okay. So, I, first of all, I didn't know that was a thing. Secondly, um, Taylor is convinced that he is cheating on her with either a Jessica or a Tanya that she keeps seeing in his phone. Well... It's kind of tomato onions. I don't know. Because mm. it's like, on one hand, when you see in the show, he's actually picking up packages and delivering into people's houses. What's that got to do with her, the text messages he's getting? Because he's in random places that he's not supposed to be. That's later. When she's talking to her sister at the beginning. Yeah. She's she, saying she sees all these text messages to a Jessica and, T- and Tanya. Yeah, but before that, when the kids are like asking her where she's going and she's like, I'm going and she's like, that's, that's not after, after her sit down with her sister. Then she's looking at the, tra- the tracking device on the GMC truck. And then she sees he's going to different places. She's like, why is he over here? He's, he's supposed to be working over here. But they were already fighting about his text messages to Jessica and Tanya, who he says he's been friends with for 25 years. Sure. Also, if he was friends with them for 25 years, they're around our age. He was a teenager when he met them? I guess that's what the math would say. It's interesting. Anyway, the point is, she thinks he's doing something with these girls because he's deleting the text messages when he's talking. The ones that she's able to see when he's talking to the girls, he just refers to her as the crazy girlfriend. So she feels away. And then she does open up the GMC tracker. She does decide to start tracking him. He mentions that he started to do Instacart because he can't find any steady work. Lord knows why. And she notices that the location he told her he'd be working at, he is not at. He's at a bunch of other places. So she gets into the car with her sister to chase him down. The conversation she had with her sister prior to this, her sister does not like Chance and was like, you've changed since you got with him. Maybe you shouldn't be with him. If you remember from the other seasons, she never got along with Chance. Her sister sounds like a hater. To be fair to her sister, Chance was an immediate asshole when he got there. So, there was that. Remember, he was like, I'm going to refurbish this garage. It's going to be its own home. Didn't do it at all. He wanted her to be a better person. He wanted her to strive to be great. She didn't want to be great. That's why she left. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. So, they leave it on a cliffhanger. Uh, Chance did call up one of his friends who happens to be a lady to meet up at a bar. Bump, bump, bump. And it looks like Taylor and her sister are on the way to that same place. All the previews for next week is her crying, saying, I knew it. So Sounds like this relationship is over. Ka-doom. Lord Ka-doom. knows. All right. You want to talk about Michael and Justine or you want to talk about Monique and Derek? It don't matter. Okay. Let's talk about Michael and Justine. What news did you find out about his manager? Oh, uh, well, apparently Michael's manager... I guess shot somebody in a home or a home. Something happened and he's possibly in jail right now or going to jail. Really? Yeah. 
He shot somebody in his home. So it's like, I think it's like a home, I want to say a home burglary or something. What? What? Oh, okay. Yeah. Mocha, Mocha shot and killed a man during a live interview, not a burglary. During a live interview? That's what it says. Why are we shooting people during a live interview? He sh- <laughs> I don't know. That makes but no that's sense. that's what happened. So, yeah, he shot somebody during a live interview. So, yep, so Michael don't have to worry about um, taking all the pictures down and um, taking off his ring to become famous in the rap game. It looked like he don't need to find a new manager. But anywho, him and uh, they Justine go looking for a new house and stuff. Pretty much, first of all, they, we open with them walking and talking in the rain about how Mocha wants him to take off his ring because he thinks he's playing family. Mm-hmm. So Mike is like, screw it, I'm not going to do it. I'm uh, just, because this is, I guess, how my last relationship kind of broke up and ended because I was chasing my fame in my career instead of trying to be with my family. Mm-hmm. So he said, I'm not going to do that this time. And she's like, great. Hey, happiness. So then they go house hunting. Yeah. And all of a sudden she went from, I need to know what the money is and we need to budget to, I want a $1.9 million house. Yeah. Yep. And he's like, yep. uh, why did you take out 12 grand? Uh, mm, let's get this $2 million house. Uh. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I wish I had the 12 grand back now to help with the house. First of all, the realtor refers to himself as the shark. Which leads me to believe this house is way above market value. This is just just so many things happening at one time. But that's pretty much it. Yeah, that is. That's pretty. He talks to her about, let's look at something else in a better budget. And she's like, "Mm." basically, no, I don't want to. He's like, my shoe business is doing great. My music is making mad royalties. Really? Okay. I mean, sure, yeah. Sure. So. They have income coming in, but not enough income to buy a $1.9 million house. Uh, 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 uh. So. So many things. Now moving on to the creme, creme, creme de la creme. Ugh. Monique and, what's his face? Derek. Derek. What a, t- what a word phrasing. So we open it up with Derek trying to romance Monique after the fight they had in the last episode. Where Spinning she... whipped cream and hot chocolate all over her body. No hot chocolate was used. He just made a bunch of pancakes, put whipped cream on the pancakes, and cut strawberries literally in half. And then put the whipped cream on her body. And then he uh, basically... They're still fighting over what Derek gets on his social media. Apparently, Derek's getting a lot of titties sent to him. On his social media. Titties. Titties. I don't know why. I have a thousand questions as to why that would even happen. He's not one of the rappers. Because the girls know he likes the titties. I'm confused. The tits are out. Don't understand. Um, Derek wants her to trust him. She just wants the passcode to his phone. They decide to stop fighting and instead get to loving. And that's when all the chocolate... Chocolate. There was no chocolate at all used. And whipped cream. Don't know where all he's going her. with this. You then you didn't watch the episode because I saw him with the Hershey's Kiss chocolate. And he's pointing in her mouth. That did not happen. All sexy and slow. None of that happened. We're gonna go back and watch, and you're gonna see it, and then you're gonna tell people he was right. Chocolate. So her, thank you. Hershey's chocolate. Yeah. Okay, He's poured it all on her body. None of that happened. So then afterwards, I guess the next day, uh, 
Monique's sister calls them and wants to know why Monique is still hanging around with somebody who wants to cheat on her. And Monique's like, you're being silly. He's my man and I love him. <laughs> and I love him. Cool. And they decide to go out to a club. They go to the VIP section. They get bottle service. No one is in this club. It looks really sad and depressing. And apparently the bottle service girl gets a little too friendly for me, for Monique's liking. Because she has nobody else to serve bottle services to because they're the only ones in there. Uh, they get up to take a picture and the bottle girl's like, I'll take a picture with you. And Monique's like, no. And pretty much. That's really it. <laughs> they go home. Her sisters come over. And like a surprise person will be coming. No one knows who it is at the door. The next morning they start fighting. Monique wants to help, wants him to help clean because her sisters are coming over. And Derek brings up the fact that they never did the threesome that he wanted. And he feels jilted about it. And Monique points out that nigga, you cheated. Like we, wh where else, where are we going to, why would we do this? Why would we do this? And he's like, you made a promise and you should uphold that promise. It would help our relationship. She said no, firmly, again. And then the sisters come. And they immediately start asking Derek about his sisters because apparently his sisters have been still talking to them through social media. Cyber stalking, I guess. I, I don't know. Yes. And they're like, are your sh sisters showing up? Are your sisters showing up? And he's like, no. <laughs> how much you want to bet there at the door? They went and got flights. To come to Monique's house? How much you want to bet they're at the door? I don't know. I don't know. I would be happy if they're at the door. Because this storyline needs another fight. Because them to by themselves, they suck. I'm sorry. Well, we don't get to know who's at the door. We it's just hear horrible. a bunch of knocking. Boom, boom. And it goes and it cuts until the next time, essentially. The previews for next week is Monique going, I don't know who that is. And like that's pretty much it. And that's it. That was Love After Lockup. In a nutshell. It was... It's getting... I think they're, like, trying to force storylines now to make it more interesting because the people are so dull. Is it me, or is this the longest season of Love After Lockup? Yeah, because it's dull. It's like... The storylines feel like they're forcing them. Mm-hmm. And you have... And it's so much dull moments in between that you are seeing it. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the past, they might have done that, but you couldn't tell because there's so much crazy stuff happening mm -hmm. that you couldn't tell they were like probably making it up or forcing it to happen. Yeah. Where in this one is so, such a slow pace that you can be like, okay, it's like they're forcing this. So I guess that's the difference. To me it is. Well, to me I should say. Long as heck. And I don't yeah. know why. So, but yeah, that was it. I'm not really looking forward to the next episode. I could care less what's going to happen with these, <laughs> with these couples. But I mean, I, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's where we are with that. So lock them up. All right, thank you for tuning in for We Like That Podcast. We like that. If you enjoy this podcast, please stick around. More chaotic episodes are coming down the pike. I'm Joe. I'm Calvin. We'll see you next time.